0: Welcome to the Scottish Mortgage Podcast, this show that keeps you informed in all things mortgages throughout Scotland. Welcome back to another episode and today I'm going to be covering off a quick guide for first-time buyers in Scotland to help understand mortgages criteria and affordability, and the application process. So I'm just going to crack straight in to help you understand mortgages and a little bit more about what they are. So um, a, mortgages is, sorry, a mortgage is a, a loan that's going to be secured against a property. It allows you to buy that property without having the funds available to do it on your own. So not a lot of people have got the, the amount of cash out there that they can go out and buy a property um, with cash, and a mortgage is a way that can help them finance that. So usually you'd get a mortgage on um, residential properties. You can get them in commercial properties, buy-to-let properties. Um, there's also uh, Airbnb-type mortgages out there as well. So there's lots of options out there for people, but typically a mortgage is going to be secured against a property. The key differences between this and a personal loan is that a mortgage is secured against something and a personal loan usually isn't. So likes of if you go to your bank and get a loan to buy a new car or get a sofa, that's not usually secured against anything. However, the mortgage will be secured against your home, which means that if you don't keep up the repayments of the the mortgage, the bank can force the sale of the property to end up getting their money back. Um, There's various different types of mortgages out there, so The most common mortgage type at at this point in time is a fixed rate. Historically, um, that may have been different, but right now fixed rates are proven to be quite popular. Then you've got the variable rate interest rates out there as well. So you've got the likes of your um, tracker rates, your discounted rates, your standard variable rates, depending on the lenders all depend on the type of deals it is that they are offering. But as I say, fixed rates are tending to be quite popular right now and through a period of instability. Well, they've been popular now for a a good period of time, but right now, especially with things, the way that they're going, people are opting to secure their mortgage to know exactly what they're paying every month. Not everyone's doing that, but it has proven to be the most popular option. You've then got your repayment types so the different types of mortgages that you can look at will have different types of repayment types so capital and interest what this means is that every monthly payment every time that you make a payment the mortgage balance reduces as well as paying money off towards the interest so typically speaking if you've got a mortgage over 25 years in the early years of the mortgage a lot of what you're paying back is is interest until you get into the latter part of the mortgage where that flips and you start paying more of the capital off. And then at the end of the 25 years, you're mortgage free. On the flip side, if you've opted for an interest only mortgage, all you would pay for that 25 year period is the interest on that. Now, An offset mortgage works slightly different. So if you've got money sitting there, but you don't want to... Um, put it down as a deposit or tie it up you can have what's called as an offset mortgage and what this does is instead of you having to pay interest on the mortgage if you've got a loan of a hundred thousand and you've got a hundred thousand pounds in savings that can offset the interest that you're due to pay on the mortgage if you store that in a separate account there's banks out there who offer this um, kind of mortgage deal as well and it can be quite popular if you Um, do have money, but you you don't want to use it to put down your deposit. Eligibility and criteria and affordability for mortgages is what we're going to be talking about next. And this is um, one of the, the largest parts of when you review your mortgage options. So there's a number of things that lenders will take into consideration. So first of all, maximum age criteria. The majority of lenders out there in the market will now will now allow you to take the mortgage up to age 70. There are some lenders now out there that will take the mortgage beyond that. So, depending on the type of job that it is that you do, you'll be able to take a mortgage beyond that age. Now we're talking for mortgages for good to live in as a first-time buyer, if you are planning to buy a rental property, that criteria can be completely different because of the, the structure of it, because it's an investment, there is a lot more lenders willing to offer longer but typically speaking if you're looking to buy a property to live in you can usually take it up to age 70 but there are lenders out there that can go beyond that so if you need to the options could be there for you. one of the other things that lenders will take into consideration is the, the property. So construction type plays a huge part in what lenders are willing to do with the property, how much they're willing to lend. And location, there's certain lenders that will only lend in certain areas. There's certain deals that are only available in certain areas. So make sure that when you're researching the market, you take that into consideration. Now, if you're using a mortgage broker, they would do that for you. But if you're doing it, you need to take all of these things into consideration. Then we've got income. So how your income is paid will determine what a lender will do and what a lender will take into consideration. So, for example, if you're on a salary and you get paid the same amount every month, if you don't get bonus and overtime. It's really straightforward for a lender. They would just take your basic salary, especially if you don't have any other income out there. So it's very straightforward for them to use that. But when you start talking about things like overtime, bonus, commission, if you're a car salesman, for example, and you're on a very low basic salary and you're getting a large bonus, a large commission that's making up the bulk of your income, some lenders won't allow you to use all of that money. Some lenders might cap it. Some lenders would say that they won't take anything more than what your basic salary is. So you need to be doing this research when looking at your options. If you're self-employed, very, very similar. There's lots of options out there for people who are self-employed, whether it's one-year accounts, two-year accounts, whether lenders are taking an average or looking at the most recent years. So when doing your affordability checks, make sure that you're going to meet the lenders criteria. And then we'll get contractors. So different types of contractors. You've got IT contractors or day rate contractors. Contractors. And you've also got CIS contractors. Make sure that you're taking into consideration what the lenders are going to be using for your specific type of income and make sure that you're going to pass their affordability checks. Um, For outgoings, so debts, debt to income, this will all be taken into consideration with a lender. So not just the monthly payments, but the total overall borrowing that you've got. Lenders will look at that to determine whether they will lend to you. So, for example, if you've got a a car loan at £500, but you've only got two months left on it, some lenders might say, right, we will ignore that. That's going to get paid off in a couple of months. If you're going to own the car and not take another loan out, some lenders will ignore that whereas some other lenders would need it factored in. So you can take all of these kind of things into consideration. And the final thing that you need to consider is your credit history, how your credit history is going to determine the type of mortgage options that's out there for you. And look at, don't forget, there's more than one credit agency out there as well. So if you're just using maybe an Experian report or a TransUnion report, you're going to need to look at all three and make sure that they're all tying in There's no discrepancies on there, making sure that there's nothing on there that a lender isn't going to like. I had an example um, the other day when I was talking to a client where they had a dispute on their file and they thought everything was cleared until they downloaded a copy of their Check My File report and they saw that it was still getting reported to TransUnion, even though the provider had got it removed from the other um, two agencies. So make sure that you're checking everything to make sure that there's nothing on there that shouldn't be there. So I touched on it there, we've got affordability assessment. So things like if you're employed, your bonus commission and overtime and how that's paid. So usually if you've got a bonus, lenders will take an average of it. So if it's paid annually, for example, they'll usually take an average of two, maybe three years. If you're, you're getting commission or overtime, it's very, very similar. But what you need to be watching out for is the lenders that will do that. It's also important to check to see how much of that they'll actually take into consideration. So if you've made £30,000 in commission, you need you want to be making sure that you're getting the full benefit of that with the lender if you need it. Some lenders might only use £15,000 of it and take 50%. Some lenders might turn around and say, well, because it fluctuates every month, we're not using 100% of it. Some lenders might say, yes, we will. So look into those kind of things if you're doing your own research. As I say, a mortgage broker would do all of these checks. It's checks that I do for my clients. So if you are looking for... Advising someone to take care of the work for you. That would be a good first point of contact. Self-employed. So when you're self-employed, it can be a little bit more complex. The first thing that I will say is if you're earning the same amount of money as someone who's employed in your field and you've got a track record of it, it's likely that you're going to be able to borrow the same amount of money. But where, uh, when you're self-employed, it can become a little bit more complex is because sometimes you're not, sometimes when you do your year-end accounts, those year-end accounts aren't as high as what you're expecting them to be, or they not as high as what someone who's maybe in an employed position is. So that can cause some um, real headaches. But understanding the criteria, you can work around that. So are there lenders out there that's going to accept the most recent year's income and give you that? affordability boost there's lenders out there that would take an average so take these kind of things into consideration then when you're a business owner so if you're on a business depending on the amount of shares that you own typically more than 20 percent 25 percent and then around there you'll be classed as self-employed and treated the same as someone who's self-employed so what they're maybe going to be looking at for you is what your taxable earnings are Now, in some scenarios, what some lenders will use is actually they'll use the business income. And if you can demonstrate that the business is making good money, they can then use the business income towards your affordability. Same way they would for self-employed. They would take an average of the income over a period of time or they would take the most recent years, depending on the structure of it. Some lenders will also use things like retained profit. So if, for example, you're running a business And you pay yourself a very, very small salary and leaving all the money in the business, lenders will take that into consideration as well, so that you don't need to worry about paying yourself all this extra money that you don't need. You can leave it in the the business until you do need it when you go to get the mortgage. Um, Something to consider as well when checking affordability is debt to income. So I've touched on it previously. I've touched on it in previous videos as well. It's something that catches a lot of people out. Something that you could do that makes sense, that you could reduce your monthly co- commitments and you would think that that would put you into a better position with the lenders, but it doesn't always do that. If you've got a small loan with a high monthly payment and you're replacing that with a larger loan and smaller monthly payment, some lenders could kick back and say you can't afford this mortgage anymore if you don't meet the criteria because of their internal debt to income ratio criteria. So if that's going to happen and that's something that you're planning to do, always take advice before taking action because it could be the difference between getting a mortgage and not. Again, this is something that mortgage brokers would be checking out for you when doing the application process. The um, final thing that i will talk to you about on affordability assessments is mortgage affordability calculators. So I'm a big fan of them. I'm a big fan of them for one reason, is that they'll give you a really, really quick overview of what you can afford based on simple maths. So you go online, You type in what your income is, and they'll tell you that you can borrow, usually about four and a half times your income. Very, very easy and straightforward to use. But where they are limited is that they don't take criteria into consideration. They don't take outgoings into consideration. So you would need to, if you want an accurate figure, is go to a lender's affordability criteria. So choose a specific lender. Make sure that you understand their criteria before inputting it and then see what it is that they're going to offer you. So affordability calculators, the generic ones are great for a quick overview. I've got one on my own website as well, and I think they're a great tool But they're not to be relied on. If you're looking to get an accurate figure, you need to be making sure that you're using the specific lender's affordability criteria uh, on the website and their affordability calculators. Again, this is something that I would do at the very start for... Uh, my clients has checked that through the lenders affordability um, tools.
1: So moving on,
0: the third and final thing that we'll talk to you about today is the it's the mortgage application process. And again, I've done full videos on this, and there's a few things that we'll we'll go through with it. So number one, you need to get prepared for your mortgage application. So this is making sure that you can evidence everything that you're saying when you're getting your mortgage in principle. So things like your payslips, bank statements, ID, these could be asked for. So make sure that you can get them. So if you've got ID, make sure it's in date. Make sure that if you're applying for a mortgage and your passport's out of date, if you're planning to, it's worthwhile getting it updated. The same with your driving license. Something that's often overlooked on your driving license is the address. Make sure that the driving license has got the correct address on it as well. Now, sometimes you won't need to so if you don't drive but you've got a provisional license most of the time that's fine i, I would accept that for my clients and um, typically it might come down to lenders individual criteria whether they would accept it or not but typically speaking if you don't have a passport but you've got a provisional driving license it's okay to use that as well um so yeah key things to watch out for so document wise so Typically speaking, I'll ask for three months' worth of statements for any active accounts and any accounts that you've been using for a certain period of time. What I'm looking out for is to make sure that it's matching up with the credit report, checking out for income and outgoings on there, and making sure that there's nothing on the bank statements that would cause a lender any problems. So, for example, if there's um, excessive online gambling, if there's overdraft facilities and these are... um, yeah, and you're going over these facilities, if you're using these to do the online gambling, or even if you have uh, references when you're transferring money between friends, seeing what these references are, all of these kind of things can be taken into consideration by lenders when you're looking at mortgage. So preparing your your documents as early as you can is, in my opinion, the best thing to do, typically speaking, I would ask to go back three months. So some lenders, I had a lender recently that asked a client to provide twelve months worth of evidence. So that could happen. So the earlier that you start getting these things into order, um, the better it is for okay. you. Um, final thing we'll talk to you about on the documents is the deposit. So. Always ask at the start and always be upfront about where the deposit's coming from so that you can make sure the lenders are going to allow it. Now, most lenders will allow you to use cash. So, well, from cash, I mean savings accounts. If you've got cash sitting there, say so you've got £5,000 sitting under the bed, you're not going to like it. Um, there needs to be a paper trail for it. So make sure that you can evidence everything and where the money's coming from. If you're getting a gift, most lenders are okay with gifts coming from family, so parents brothers or sisters even extending that to grandparents but really, most lenders don't like it as if it's coming from other sources now there are lenders out there who will accept um gifts from um friends from extended family but if you're struggling for criteria for example if you're struggling to meet the credit criteria affordability criteria you don't want to begin down the route of just narrowing it too much and there's no options out there. So it's really, really important to know that in in isolation, one thing's fine, but if there's lots of things going on, that can narrow the funnel right down and the lenders might turn around and say no. So be upfront about where the deposit's coming from when you're doing your research. The then you should be looking to find out the how to get the right mortgage deal. So when you do this on your own, you need to make sure that you're checking all of the criteria, making sure that you're going to meet the lender's criteria, and then you can approach these lenders. The last thing that you want to do is go sticking in an application with them, especially if you're doing it online, potentially impacting your credit, and they won't do it anyway. This is where mortgage brokers are uh, really helpful, especially when there are... Um, complexities when it comes to credit, income, outgoings. We can help research the market and get you the right deal for your circumstances. Um, when you're doing it yourself, you need to consider things as well, like the interest rate types, the repayment types, the mortgage terms, how it's going to fit in with your needs and your personal circumstances. Um, but before we go, I'll just quickly cover off how. Um, You apply for a mortgage in the application process. And I always treat things uh, of this part of the process in, in five key steps. So the first thing that you should be doing when applying for a mortgage is check to see how much this is going to cost you each month. You then want to be checking out to see how much you can borrow. Once you know these two things... It gives you an understanding of the type of properties that you're after and whether these are going to be within your monthly budget. Once you know this, you can then go and get your mortgage in principle. And armed with that, the knowledge of what the monthly costs are going to be and how much you could borrow. You can then go to the market with confidence in order to find the right property for your circumstances. Once you've found that and you've got an offer accepted on it, whether that's from you or your solicitor, it's now time to consider applying for the mortgage. At that stage, that's when you would be supplying all of the the documents to your broker or your bank. Um, That's it from me today. Quite a long video for you, but I hope you did find it useful. If you do, don't forget to like and subscribe.